This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood films. Uh, and right up top here for our listeners and long fans of the show, quick update. I'll get more into this at the end. This is the final episode of Retrograding. I've decided to end it for a multitude of reasons that we can get into uh, before we close this episode. But for now... Uh, this month, we are taking a look at Ernest Saves Christmas to decide if our nostalgia is warranted. It's mostly because we hate each other now. That is true. <laughs> I can't stand Sarah. It's been, oh boy, it's been building up over a while now, and it's it's recently gone over a threshold. I'm surprised it took this long. <laughs> yeah, it's a real snowball effect, too. It's a real logarithmic progression. It takes a while, but it gets there. It's not a snowball effect where I am. Mm-hmm. Mark's, Mark's dead to us now. He keeps. Uh-huh. Why do we even have him on the Christmas episode? He doesn't have Christmas. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> because I'm closer to this movie the, than either of you. And we can get into all of that during this episode. But for now, I need one of you to pick up a phone and set a timer for a minute. Because I'm going to tell everyone the plot of Ernest Saves Christmas in 60 seconds or less. I timed this once, and I was able to do it very quickly. <gasps> Will it be we'll your first I... time? Oh boy, that would be amazing. The final <laughs> episode, first time? It's the final countdown! No. Nope, you could have just done final episode. That would have been accurate. <laughs> but No, but it's the final countdown, because we're counting. Oh, because it's the, it's the countdown. <laughs> the, I get it. I have a clock ready. Or All a timer, right. I guess. Three, two, one, go. Ernest P. Worrell is a taxi driver who picks up Santa Claus at the airport who has come to Orlando to find his replacement, Joe. On the way to Joe, they pick up Harmony Star, a teenage runaway, and non-believer in Santa. Santa finds Joe but forgets his sack and is blocked by Joe's agent who eventually calls the cops have Santa committed. Discovering the magic of the sack, Ernest saves Santa from jail and gets him to Joe while Harmony tries to get the sack to give her money. Joe gets the lowdown but can't believe and Santa leaves disappointed. Harmony then steals Santa's sack and tries to skip town and Ernest tries to get Santa's sleigh but gets stuck on a shortcut with no sack no sleigh and no replacement santa fears christmas magic will die forever but just then everyone shows up and everything works out it's a christmas miracle i've done it <sighs> what a miracle even with like 20 seconds to go yeah it turns out Ernest films not that complicated sarah about lost it when you kept talking about the magic of the magic sack, sack i noticed <laughs> it's <laughs> santa's sack i know what do you call it i don't know but just something about the, the magic sack just made me it's the mat it's a magic sack full of life bringing joy and happiness to all people around it i don't see a problem here <laughs> you're making it worse <laughs> I think that's right. on purpose. Let's get into long form things we saw as adults that we may have missed as children. Now, I know, Mark, you were an Ernest fan growing up, right? Sarah, so, what's mm -hmm. your experience with Ernest? I'm a little upset about this episode. 
Because I have literally never seen an Ernest movie, and I was intent on keeping that record. It's certainly an acquired taste, and I, I get why I was into this as a kid, because there are comedic slapsticks moments and like if you're if you see one Ernest film they all kind of use the same tropes over and over yeah and kids really get into that like repetitive comedy style it's like oh he did the thing he said the line that he says well this is very much that most of his movies are even though he is like the main star it's always a kid movie like it's kid heroes in the movie who end up doing the thing so I guess not the jail one, but when he goes to camp and Ernest scared stupid, he's always running around with children, having them help him save the day. Yeah, and I would say some of the tropes work better than others. Like, I liked some of his characters that he plays in this film, because a lot of his job is dressing up in a weird character to get information he probably could have gotten if he just showed up as Ernest. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't Ernest originally based on commercials is he he uh i thought he had like a short in one of those old shows like tracy ullman or one of those like variety shows i thought he was just a short segment in one of those i could definitely see that like if jim varney was brought on as a bit character on a show and occasionally he's Ernest, occasionally he's the hillbilly occasionally he's the old woman and then like expanding those little segments into a full Ernest was originally created with varney by nashville advertising company carden and cherry and was used in various local television ad campaigns Hmm. so the one who has decided to never watch his movies knew where he came from apparently I do well, maybe watch, that's listen why she didn't to, want to watch it. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. That's fair. Yeah, I think the side characters show up a lot. Like in this movie, there's some airport workers. One doesn't talk and one gets... One is big and bossy and his eyes go back and forth a bunch with a weird they, sound They're effect. recurring characters in several of the films also. Yeah, also there's a segment where he goes to see his friend Vern and the whole bit is that he wrecks things and Vern watches, but we don't see Vern. It's all point of view camera. And I feel like that shows up time and time again. Well, the TV show that was in between the commercials and the movies was called Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Oh. So there's a whole lineage history of these Ernest films. Wow. This is, I'm learning so many Ernest facts that I did not expect today. That's my contribution for the day. I'm going to nap again. <laughs> now she's going to nap for the rest of the episode. I've done my job. Absolutely. Why don't we talk about characters in the film? And we got to start with Ernest P. Worrell. You, well, Sarah won't remember this, but we talked about Mrs. Doubtfire, and I always thought Robin Williams is this funny guy, and he puts on voices and acts really goofy, and you watch at the beginning of Mrs. Doubtfire, and he was just really obnoxious to me. And I kind of got the same vibe here, even though I remember really liking the Ernest movies, and they always kind of have, like, some kind of emotional, you know, like serious tone in the background most of them but then it's put on in this goofy way because he does all his slapstick stuff and that's kind of he just especially when he does all his voices and and stuff it's just kind of gets starts to get a little ridiculous but i don't know it i after the first like 10 15 minutes i start to get used to him again but (laughs) but when it starts up it's like oh why did i like this 
Yeah, I definitely got that. And uh, I remember a discussion during uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I think this was in the time of setting a film around a guy who was talks nearly constantly, and sometimes there's jokes, but it's really the energy that they bring which really brings the scene along. Uh, and watching it now, I I was exhausted by Ernest. <laughs> he means well. I think he's... I don't hate him because he isn't doing anything necessarily evil, but all of, like his asides where he's narrating his own life, I was just so annoyed by. It's just like, yeah, get on with the film. I don't need a five-minute soliloquy about how you're a good driver. <laughs> or when he stops for a Christmas tree and talks to himself the whole time. Yeah, he loves to pontificate on nothing, uh, which could be fun, but isn't. The whole idea is he's kind of an idiot, but he has, like, these semi-deep thoughts. And that sounds like an interesting premise, but it's not executed very well. I just got really distracted looking at pictures of Jim Varney out of the Ernest costume. Mm -hmm. Young Jim Varney was pretty good looking. I just you want know, people to know that. You are the second person I've heard that from. The first was on a podcast. Was it, how did this get made? So, how did this get made? Was yeah. it June? June Diane Raphael. Am I, like, am I the Ernest June? can get it. I'm going to find you a picture so you can see Oh, what I mean. no. If you're the June Diane Raphael, I'm I'm Paul Shear because I'm the bald one. You are the bald one. Oh, no. But Mark is not. Oh, he's not Jason Manzucas. He's not Manzucas. I don't know any of these people, so it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I just never want to be Paul Shear in anything. Why? I like Paul Shear. I find so a lot of So if we were annoying. Seinfeld, would you be Jason Alexander? Yeah, fuck. Hey, but Jason Alexander is great. Yeah, I like singer. him. I don't like George Costanza. But I think that's the point of George Costanza. <laughs> oh, damn. Was he a model? I don't know, but right? Yeah. Young Jim Varney. He looks, like you said, a black and white picture. It looks like a cologne ad. Like the scent <laughs> of Ernest. Young Jim, young Jim Varney could get it. I agree with you. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've talked about <laughs> A little Jim bit Varney off topic. And how he's so attractive. And we can get into the other characters of the film. Uh, if In case it didn't come across in the 60 second, because I was talking too fast. Santa comes to Orlando. He's looking for a Santa? replacement. Santa? And that's the basic premise. Santa's here trying to get a guy to bring the magic. And I like the <laughs> magic lore. Like, like the basketball team? Well, I mean, they are in Orlando, so... Yeah, the Orlando Magic, who Michael Jordan played for a little bit, I think, before mm -hmm. going to the Bulls. I, I distinctly remember there being a Magic jersey that Michael Jordan could wear in a video game at one point. That's all I'm basing that on. Anywho, I like the setup this brings, that Santa is a job that has to be passed on at a certain point. Because the Magic can't stay in one body for too long and like slowly degrades over time and the only thing that recharges the magic is giving it off to another person well and that that would show how santa has been a thing for so long without you know because people wonder about these mythical characters sometimes how they have existed for so long and why you know if you would believe that it's a real thing well how could he have been alive for this many years and that would make more sense and also, unlike the Santa Claus, you don't have to commit manslaughter. Right. Yeah, I like that this film doesn't set up, if I kill you, I become you. It's more like, 
oh, if I get chosen, I can gain the powers. I also like that, like, it's a handshake deal. The Santa person has to agree to take on the job. It's not the Santa Claus where he puts on a suit and then gets all fat and his life is ruined. Although, really, that movie was about reading the small print. That's the entire point of that movie. Well, yeah, but that was incredibly small print printed on a business card. don't knock a man off your roof. I don't think he did. I think he just said hi. Yeah, and it startled him and he fell off the roof. All right, but he didn't knock him off. Didn't he say hey because he was trying to yell at the guy for being on his roof? Well, that's probably it, too. They should have been asleep. That is also true. Because they went to Denny's too late. Or IHOP? Did they go to IHOP? I think it was a Denny's. Denny's. Anywho, back to this. I think the, the person portraying Santa in this is doing an excellent job. He's a very sweet old man. It reminded me a lot of, like, Miracle on 34th Street, where uh, he has a certain gravitas towards him. And even in scenes where all the characters around him are treating him as if he is this senile, insane old man who thinks he's Santa Claus, the way he delivers lines are still quite, like, genuine. And, like, you can tell that this Santa believes in the magic and believes wholeheartedly, uh, and is not just an insane old man trying to get everyone onto his weird scheme. I felt like, I don't remember his name, but the actor who played him, you know, everybody, well, Santa Claus is supposed to be a large man, and I felt like, first, he was not really that fat, as far as I could tell, and he wasn't really tall compared to anyone else, in the, so he wasn't really very big because at one point they make the joke about laughing like a bowl full of jelly and i'm like yeah but he's not even that big so i don't (laughs) i don't understand you know that part of it and you never actually even see him in the red suit which i think is interesting yeah Um, which i think that's kind of part of the thing where you know people don't believe him anyway but even if he was in the suit at one point he walks by like one of the mall santas or i guess it was a movie santa because he was at the movie stage sound stage but he walks by a guy in a suit and just kind of stares at him for a minute but (laughs) you never see him wearing the actual typical santa claus outfit until it goes to joe right yeah i i do recall where he sees somebody dressed up as santa this is seconds after santa is distracted by very pretty ladies yeah (laughs) uh we're just wandering the movie set several times in the movie first of all when he his plane lands and he's there trying to get through security and whatever he's showing them an id and his driver's license says santa claus on it and they don't believe that that's his real name but the guy looks around and sees all these other people in like uh, Middle Eastern clothing and stuff, and he's like, oh, I hate my job, and he just approves uh-huh. it anyway. I'm like, okay. But he says at the very end of the movie, after he transfers it to Joe, oh, once upon a time, I was known as this name that I forgot already. But why would you come in with an ID that says Santa Claus and do all this stuff and tell everyone that that's your name if you are if you know that you had a different name to begin with because once he has the powers he is santa claus i the original name was seth applegate but i don't think he has any documentation to support that anymore i guess that's true because he did say he took over the position in like 1889 or something so all of his documentation is probably out of date <laughs> 
And like when he go, goes to the police station and they take his fingerprints, his fingerprints have snowflakes on them. Clearly something about the magic changes your body in a certain way. So you are not the person you were. You are Santa for all intents and purposes until I, you give up the position. True. I mean, we already talked about the Santa Claus, but he even changed his own heartbeat when he became Santa. So. Which is probably super unhealthy. Mm-hmm. This might be the one and only time I ever use the transition music I uh, specifically asked for that never actually got around to using. But we fixed our microphones and we're back. Uh, we are... I think we were talking about Santa Claus in this movie, or Santos Claus, if you prefer. Ugh. Marty is weird. Marty? That's the guy who decides that his name is Santos. Oh, right. The, the agent, agent guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I looked him up, though, because I was like, man, this guy seems so familiar as the crazy, like, uptight businessman guy. He was also a businessman in Die Hard in that same year. Oh, so. <laughs> wow. He's really got typecast. But I he, I was just like, oh, this business guy. You know, it's just that, that thing... Especially in the 80s, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, the thing that was, like, he's clearly, like, a Hollywood movie agent. Not really caring about his clients. Wanting them to sign up for the big jobs, but not really, like, listening to their specific concerns about it. Just like, well, you gotta do this part. This part will be great for your career. And then I'll make some money off yeah. of it. Yeah. It's... it's... Uh, for anybody who watches Futurama, kind of reminds me of that time that Fry meets the guy who came out of the freezer who had been frozen in the 80s, apparently, and was big-time businessman. But he's just very, man. he's just very, like, everything is, he tries to sound like he's being helpful, but really he's just trying to help himself, kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, what, when they introduce this character, this is one of the legit moments I had a, a laugh at this film. Uh, was when he pulls up in his Mercedes and gets out, like, they're clearly illustrating this guy is rich and powerful, blah, blah, blah. He gets out and he tosses his keys to what he assumes is the valet for this public children's museum. Uh, but it's just a mailman. And so, like, the mailman has his keys now? He's not getting those back. I don't know, it was just a very offbeat moment that I really appreciated in this film, where he just throws his keys away. Basically. <laughs> Didn't you know all children's museums have ballets now, Carl? Yeah, I suppose. Also, I question why Joe, who is a retired children's public access TV host, has a Hollywood film agent? Especially living in Orlando and not Hollywood. Alright, fine, he's movie agents <laughs> at Orlando. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that much. But then he gets offered this great part in a movie. So I mean, if you're well, if you're if you're a guy who's been in children's public television and now get offered a part in a movie as the star, that is true. Though it's not like a Hollywood blockbuster type of film. This seems like a very schlocky B movie esque thing. I forget what the plot of that was, but I. It's Somewhat believe. Something about an alien coming down and terrorizing children at Christmas. Right. 
It's called Christmas Sleigh. I know that. S-L-A-Y and not Santa Sleigh. Where the guy would be somebody taking care of kids and then an alien who looks like Swamp Thing breaks in and he needs to shoot him with a gun. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh Uh-huh. So this is a terrible move, even if, like, he didn't get offered the job for Santa, because he's, like, he's ruining his public image to be in this terrible B-movie film. So here's the thing, though, right? At one point, he does an audition, and they cast him because of his, um... Chemistry? Chemistry, was that the word they used? They used a specific word that I can't remember, but because he got along with the kids so well, they cast him. And then they show us a scene later of him filming a scene of the movie, but then at the very end, he's still waiting to sign paperwork. So, what we're seeing is screen tests, Mark. It's not uncommon that before you get a part, they'll test you out in costume to see if you look right on screen and, like... They might have a few but they actors never say that this. in there. It just looks like they're filming a scene of the movie. Well, yes, that's what a screen test is. <laughs> you get several actors in the same costume and makeup and, like, put them on screen to see, does it look like the role before we pay them millions of dollars to be in this film? I suppose. They never come out and say, hey, they're going to give you a test, so come here and do this shot. I don't know. The understanding is that this is an audition process, which doesn't seem that out of the ordinary. So, before we get too far ahead with Joe, my final note on Santa is that his plan doesn't make any sense. If Ernest isn't here, if he doesn't magically find Santa, Christmas is ruined forever, because Santa has not planned this at all. Well, I think he's just counting on the goodwill of this guy who he knows is, like, the best candidate for the position, apparently. Right. Apparently, at 7 o'clock tonight, because he can't do another trip around the world uh, for Christmas this year, if he doesn't find a new Santa by 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve, Christmas is ruined forever, magic dies out. He shows up with two days remaining in the year to come talk to Joe. He arrives on December 23rd. And then he assumes that Joe is just going to be gaga over the thing. But he also doesn't have a sales pitch prepared for Joe. It all seems to be like off the cuff, off the top of his head, explaining to Joe like the really nitty gritty parts of the job and what he needs to do, as opposed to like selling him on you get to be Santa. He was making toys the rest of the year, Carl. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. (laughs) Given how the magic of the sack works, where you just take out a glowing orb and it becomes a toy. So if that's the case, what does he need his helper elms for? Uh, Did you say elms? I did. Yes. It's a... Sarah, (laughs) did you watch the film? It's a reference to the film. Oh, sorry. I was just... I was really distracted because I was going to make a comment. About Santa's sack? About... I was going to make a clever joke about that Santa's stupid because he also plays a stupid character in another movie. Uh-oh. Is it called, is the movie The Stupids? No. Mark, Mark, do you know what the Santa actor also was in? Nope. He it's looks familiar, movie. but I... You wouldn't, it wouldn't be by looks, it would be by voice. Oh, oh, wait, I did look this up, and now I forgot, but I know he's in something. Aladdin, he's the Sultan. Yes! Come on, oh. Carl. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I didn't... 
recognize the actor by his voice in another movie. And I was it's so excited favorite, about my though. trivia, I kind of forgot the entire plot of the movie. Ah, well. But I'm back on track now. Yes, I'm with you. Also, you kept saying magic sack again, and I just... <laughs> I mean, it's a major plot point that... Uh, but we can get into how the bag, what do you, what do you want to call it? Santa's toy bundle? Sure. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, magic so, like, bag he of only toys. Gets, mm-hmm. He only gets two days to convince Joe of this. He doesn't do a good sales pitch. He doesn't bring real money because he apparently gave all of his money to a child who got a cashier set for Christmas. He forgets his sack in the car, which is the one-way, sorry, bundle in the car. It's the one way you can convince people that magic is real. And, like, he he also needs the sleigh to get from the airport to the children's museum during rush hour traffic. And, like, has no conception of what, how terrible the roads are in major cities. I, so, at the beginning, he meets that other businessman at the airport, and he's, like, he's talking to him about things that he wants for Christmas or whatever, and he's like, oh, I thought this was what you really wanted, I better make a note about this, and then later on he comments to Ernest that, oh, I must be losing the magic, I had to actually make a note, and so I wonder if some of his, um... His memory. Being senile as an old man <laughs> is because the magic is fading away and he's not sure what, you know, what the next step is. Maybe he did have it planned out and just is losing the memory. I mean, that that could be. If this is the case and you need to find a different Santa, why not come in November? Give yourself, like, the better part of two months to find and, like, convince this guy or, like, why does it have to be on December 23rd to convince him by the 25th that he needs to take part in a lifetime of servitude uh, and become Santa Claus for about a hundred years? <laughs> Just the give or take. Well, all right, so I did copy this down. You mentioned earlier he took on the job in 1889. I think. This film was rele- released in 1988, and so it's... About 99 years before the magic fades. That's true. He does mention to the police that he's 151 years old, too. I didn't realize how many Ernest movies I was not alive for. Oh, really? (laughs) Most of them? Yeah, it's most of them. This was a late spinoff, I think. I think... There, Ernest Rides Again was one of the later... Then there was some dumb thing, Ernest Goes to School or something. Oh, yeah, I remember Ernest Goes to School. Well, you have the, the theater releases and then you have several direct to dvd or not to dvd <laughs> VHS. <laughs> dvds didn't exist um and so yeah but i was like i just remember people talking about them a lot i have no concept of when they came out i i see only two i guess three that would have come out well no this would have come out around christmas so this one would have been I out was, while you were alive i was alive but i was <laughs> literally two months old because it came out on november 11th so i was literally two months old but the only ones that i can find on wikipedia is like films that would have come out before uh you were alive are dr otto and the riddle of gloom beam 
that's not is that an earnest movie he features in it it's not like i think he's a side character but it is jim vardy playing Ernest. i'm pretty sure Ernest goes to camp i think was the very first Ernest proper Ernest movie yeah and then all the rest came out after this so i was wrong as well this was like the second one and it wasn't a late sequel Ernest Goes to School was the first direct-to-video. What? School? Oh, direct-to-video, not... Direct-to-video, not not in... not release, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Tangent. (laughs) Want another random... want another random trivia? Yeah, let's... let's do it. So all of the reindeer scenes had to be filmed separately later, because the time when they filmed them, the reindeers... not molted. I guess kind of molted? They hmm. lost their antlers, and so they couldn't film the reindeers because they had no antlers. Oh no! So they had to wait till the reindeers. Now, their I mean, they back. would have probably had to film it separately anyway, since half of the reindeer scenes had them on the roof of the building. I mean, but like, at a, at, they had to film it like three months later because apparently, when reindeers lose their antlers, it's kind of gross. I wonder if that was in the script intentionally, because like. Most of the reindeer scenes are taking place while they're being held in the airport. They have almost no screen time with Santa or Ernest. It was not on purpose because apparently they attempted to bring in special effects makeup artists to make them fake antlers, and that did not work, so they just had to wait until they grew their antlers. Well, yeah, it turns out live animals don't like things on their head. Now, I was going to comment later because in the scenes when Ernest is flying the sleigh, it's like... Well, here's Ernest and a sleigh with some elves in it and a completely black background and some smoke blowing through the scene. So I wonder if it was if they had intended to film it that way originally or, you know, or if they did that because they couldn't show the reindeer until later. Either way, I mean, the special effects at the time probably wouldn't have been great, especially in an Ernest movie. But (laughs) Yeah, Ernest is not spending a lot of money on special effects. Like, he's not hiring an action movie scene. Yeah. And I think that's that works to his credit, where anybody watching the film understands that it's kind of low budget. Yeah. So, like, they get away with a lot more than they would have in, like, a, a Hollywood blockbuster. For instance, at the end of the film where the sleigh is falling to Earth, seconds before they hit the ground and die, Ernest manages to turn on the quote-unquote air brakes and stops inches from the ground in midair and just slowly now, falls down. That is something I have seen before in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For sure. So... <laughs> Ernest is in a cartoon world, for sure. I also have a note here that I think Ernest embodies the um the D D alignment chaotic good more than any other character I can think of in a film. Because he's always trying to do the right thing, but he's always ruining everything. So it's very much the right thing the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, when he tries to put up the tree at Vern's house, he basically tears the place apart, but... Yeah, and Vern just stands there. Vern doesn't try to Why stop Why was him. he pulling the wires out of the wall? I never understood that part either. I think he wanted to move the outlet so that the tree could be in a <laughs> specific part of the room. <laughs> and so instead of finding a different outlet to plug the tree in, he just ripped the copper wires out of the wall. I I guess. I'm not a construction scientist. There's that was still a time. <laughs> you can go back to school for that. Anywho, the one character I want to get to in this film, who I don't understand, is Harmony Star. Which is not even her real name. Not her real name. 
And I think the only reason she is in the film, like this character exists, is from what you said earlier, that they needed a child in the earnest adventure group, basically. So, like, the children watching the film have that audience surrogate that they can see the film through. But the character doesn't make a whole lot of sense in that she's in Orlando, she's a teenage runaway, and she hops in a car with a stranger and then just decides to live with him for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, I, I was wondering, again, when I was younger, that probably never occurred to me, but watching it now, I'm like, how long is she just going to live there with this random guy? That's how you get murdered. I will say, when I was younger, I definitely had a crush on her, though, so... Ooh. <laughs> if anyone wants to care about that... <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you nobody wants to care about it, Mark. Well, it's someone different than me making those comments, so... Well, I've had, I've, I've had several... She just Carl's had crushes, crushes on show young, on young Ernest, so... Yes, that's right. Hey, Carl didn't disagree. I mean, he can get it. He can get it. Uh, but, like, she jumps in the cab to get away from a bill she didn't pay, and then, like, Ernest drops Santa off, and Santa doesn't have real money, so Ernest just gives him the trip for free... And then Ernest takes his car back to work, and she's just there along for the ride. And she's there when Ernest gets fired. And then she just continues being there, even before they get to the point where, like, they need to save Santa. She's just around when he takes the tree to Vern's house. I don't understand why she's here. Right. If she's just a runaway and was trying to get away from a bill and sped off in a cab, why wouldn't she have just stopped it and hopped out somewhere a few blocks away or... Right. This is before she even finds that, like, the bundle of toys can maybe produce money for her, which becomes the reason she stays later. But they do introduce themselves right away, so she knows that she's there with Santa Claus. Yes, that is it. That is another moment in the film that I did laugh at, where she jumps in the car and Ernest is like, uh, he introduces himself and he points back like, that's Santa Claus. Surprised? <laughs> and I love Harmony's reaction because she just doesn't believe in magic. And she's like, oh, good, great, mm -hmm. awesome, Santa, huh? <laughs> Why did you and say again, at this point, like you wouldn't were, you be um, like, okay, let me off at the next corner instead of, hey, I'm going to stay with this guy. Surprised like I was what's uh, there? Like the Tom Hanks character from SNL, the any questions? Uh, <laughs> Do you mean David has pumpkins? Yes, that is how you said the word surprise. I'm my own thing. Yeah, that's how you said the word surprise. Yeah. Surprise? I mean, that's kind of how Ernest says it, too. Ernest was the original David S. Pumpkins. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Jim Varney has a lot of characters in this. He probably could do a David S. Pumpkins. It felt like he was just trying to get all of his characters into one movie. Because... Pretty much. I guess if this was like the second one, it would have been before Ernest goes to jail. Because he did several characters in that one also. Including the old lady one. The other note I have on Harmony is that she is trying to get money out of Santa's bundle of toys. Uh, and like... To do so, you need to reach inside the bag, pull out a glowing orb, and then it changes into a toy. Not even a wrapped present, just like a, t a stuffed animal with a bow on it. And she keeps asking for money, and it keeps not giving her money. But she's also... Is she wasting children's toys? 
Like, yeah, are these uh, meant I for boys and girls around the world? Ernest does it, too. And yeah. So I'm like, so who are these toys supposed to belong to if they're not you? Are you just making up things out, you know, out of magic somehow? Right. If there's a limited supply, she is wasting all of the Christmas magic. What was the thing it turned into when she tried to do it? Oh, it's a bunch of stuff, because at a, a certain point, she's trying to hide all the, the toys that she's gotten. And so, like, she gets a bunch of stuffed animals, like a slinky is one of them. Well, I just remember, like, Ernest, when he did it, got, like, a pink lawn flamingo, and then one of those fish that you hang on the wall. Like taxidermy fish and a little bird and he's all having fun with them so i'm like maybe the magic just works to whatever that person thinks of like or how it relates to that person but then i don't okay. know what harmony's toys well, i don't how they i don't to think her. the toy i don't think the bag can give you money i don't think it's allowed to do that the man who otherwise created... santa wouldn't have play money the man who created the pink flamingo lived in my dad's hometown really yep have you? Uh, does your dad brag about his connection to Ernest? No. Oh, you just mean flamingos in general, not flamingo like in this film. Like in real life, no, like Carl. the pink flamingo lawn statue. Hey, so I misunderstood. <laughs> I thought she meant. I thought she was talking about something about the film that the podcast is about right now, and not a you generic said pink flamingo. flamingo. Not a generic flamingo. A pink lawn flamingo. It is specific. Is it? Yes, because it was designed, and they can credit designer, and he lived in northern Massachusetts. You should be used to her random trivias by now. <laughs> That's true. I should. It's the last episode. And, and don't discredit that man's design. I mean, it's barely designed. It didn't used to exist. People had to I mean, deal with those weird gooses. That's true. Is goose Honestly, a word? it could have been a goose. It is now. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> If I say it, it's real. All right. So why don't we talk about Ernest characters? Mark, you brought this up a little while ago. Did any character, like, work in the film? I can think of one that worked for me. But I think, what does he do? He does the um, the guy from the senator to break Santa out of jail. And, oh, God, Harmony plays a very young girl. Mm. I was creeped out by the little baby voice she did. Then he's, what, a snake... Charmer, snake salesman, snake to get into the, or something, to get into the the movie studio, and then he's an old woman to figure out where where Joe has gone with his agent. Yeah, and he does John Wayne voices randomly. Oh right, I wasn't even counting those. Yeah, I mean it's not no really a character. He just decides to pull out the voice every now and then. Are snake ranchers a real thing? S sure. I've never been to a snake ranch. Must be hard to get saddles on there. I just, I, I wanted to to know if that was a real thing. I think there are people that specifically grow snakes and who grow take care of snakes. snakes. For, <laughs> yes, they raise them. Better. Um, you know, they they plant a, a fang in the ground and a snake grows out like a vine. Yes. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Uh -huh. I'm a snake. I'm a snake scientist, yes. Sarah. I don't know if you know this about me. Did not. But yeah, there's there's definitely people for movies that like bring snakes in boxes and have them be on films. You should ask the people that did the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But like, snake Why rancher makes me think that people are eating the snakes because what? like normal know. ranchers, they're raising like. 
cattle. Because you don't call dairy farmers ranchers. Ranchers normally goes with, like, cattle for, for food. Are they eating? Are they eating the snakes? Probably. It's Ernest promoting snake eating. Would you put it past the character that Ernest is playing, this country hillbilly? <laughs> would you put it past him to eat snakes? I sure wouldn't. No, he would. Probably his snake. favorite meal. Favorite meal. His favorite meal. These poison. Let's hope we don't have. <laughs> There's a snake in, in my boot, no. and I'm gonna eat it. To all Woody our fans in the south. The same. It's. Good thing we chose to insult you on the last day of the show. I don't think I don't think we have fans of this out. We might not. I don't know where we get recordings, but I'm pretty sure it's not down there. Uh, anyway, the one character that I liked, who I wish had more screen time in this film, is the old woman that Ernest plays. And I think part of it is like the old woman is the only person who has jokes in the film in that she is an old woman who loves to complain and like her complaining in that nasally voice like those are actual jokes there's something funny about what she's saying and she's i don't know if she is a good character or just the best character in this film is why i liked her uh but like compared to everything else going on the film this was by far my favorite part, like, the minute she's on screen and doing, like, her complaining voice to get information. She has screen time and Ernest goes to jail. I keep bringing up that movie, but that seems yeah. to be the one where he does the most different characters, I think. Because he's no coming up with random it. characters to try to break out of prison in that movie, so he does a whole bunch of them. So I know the old lady has more screen time in that one. But yeah, I'll, I might need to check that out. I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> you should. Well, you should have chosen before we started to end the podcast, Mark. I didn't choose this month. I still didn't get a chance to make you watch Oscar. That will have to be a special reunion we, episode we in five years or friends. something. just watch it as friends. I guess the only other note I have is when Ernest is trying to get the sleigh to go. And he needs to... The, the way that this starts up is a, a neat little joke where you need to say the reindeer's names, all of them, in order, and then the sleigh will take off. I'm not sure I can name all the reindeer anymore. Really? Yeah. It's in the song, Sarah. Do you think I still know the words to the song? Sure. Well, the you song also music. doesn't make you any like sense. You like to sing all the time. Yeah, but at the Christmas concert, I just said I did more traditional songs. So I can give you words to, like, In the ble Bleak Midwinter, or, like, You Carol know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. Except in this movie, it's Donder with a D That's the for thing. some reason. That's the thing that bothered me here, is that they won't go because he can't say Blitzen. They keep saying Blister. And, like, the thing won't light up and the sleigh won't take off. But he also never says Donner. He says Donder. And the sleigh, like, apparently that reindeer isn't picky. It's just like, yeah, you got close enough. He even says that to Santa at one point and doesn't get corrected. So maybe they just changed the name for this movie. Why? Maybe Santa's just tired of it. That's probably true. But he wasn't even there when they took off of the sleigh. Oh, you mentioned that in your synopsis, that he was trying to take a shortcut and got stuck. So he wasn't even originally supposed to be flying the sleigh. It was like his solution because he ruined the truck. Though his solution, his shortcut, seems to be going onto the runway where the planes are, which 
doesn't have access roads normally. Like, they make it very hard for vehicles to get on to the tarmac because they don't want them interfering with planes. And so that's that's not going to be a shortcut by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't lead to the highway. Venture Highway. Sorry. See, not relevant. songs. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one in this podcast that knows songs. And yet that's you don't true. know the reindeer. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I know the song. I just am not completely up to date on the word. Because you know, I'm not. Thing. I up to date. They haven't <laughs> updated the reindeer name, Sarah. Well, I mean, I haven't. Like, had to sing that song in, like, 20 years. And it's not in my playlist at work. The, the thing that bothers me about that song is in the intro, they name all the reindeer. It's like, you know these eight reindeer. Do you recall the most famous one? You know all these random sub-reindeer that are very esoteric and not everyone knows. But do you recall the really famous one? Of course we do. He's the most famous reindeer. And yet he's not even in this movie. Yeah. The, well, it wasn't a uh, a foggy night, and so Santa just didn't need him. Maybe he was on sabbatical. Maybe he's gotten too famous, and Santa can't afford him anymore. What is he doing instead? Where is he making his money? Press tours. Oh. <laughs> I, I would say he's being rented out to lighthouses. Anywho. Uh, that may be everything I have to say about this film. Uh, I, mean, I guess we can get it's to the... what you said earlier. A lot of the... It, the Ernest movies have their own stories, but they kind of follow the same formulas a lot, where it's just he does some goofy stuff and makes up some characters and voices, and then somehow he ends up getting out of whatever the situation is, and that's the end. And there's always his little sidekicks or whoever that are there, but... So what you're saying is I've now basically seen all the Ernest movies. I mean, yes, pretty much. Because, like, the side characters that were in this would show up. The guy would make his eyes go back and forth again. Harmony is not in Like, some of the kid, the kid characters are different every time, but most of the adults are in them. I mean, Jim Varney would be exactly this character. I don't know if he's always a taxi driver. No. In Ernest Scared Stupid, he's a sanitation worker. Is that the one where he has a dog and there's it's like trolls three yes yeah i thought you hadn't seen any of them again i've listened to a lot of podcasts (laughs) the only thing i remember about Ernest scared stupid is he finds like the thing that'll kill the monster but it's not filled in and it reads m i blank k and he says of course this is me ack (laughs) wasn't earth a kit in that one yes Ah, I mm. loved Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt's fun. And then the dog, his name is Wishbone, and he gets turned into wood. That was Aww. the saddest part of the movie. <laughs> why funny. Why would you tell me that? I could have gone my whole life uh, without remembering that Now you have to go part. watch it to see if the dog survives. All right. So why don't <laughs> we get to the, the final part of this film. It's the climax of the thing. Ernest, in a shortcut... The truck is ruined. He can't deliver the sleigh. He decides, let's hook up the reindeer. Sleigh takes off. He's terrible at flying. He's doing loop-de-loops through the city, almost getting intercepted by, I assume, the Air Force that is tracking him on radar, which I guess is a thing that they'll do on Christmas Eve, right? You could track Santa, maybe by, like, the National Weather Service. It's, it's, um... It might be the weather service. Some channel does that every year. But anyway, he's getting tracked. He's flying through. Joe happens to see Ernest 
flying like a maniac outside is like, oh, Santa is real. It's NORAD. NORAD, yes. Uh, and so he heads off to the Children's Museum, and Harmony has a change of heart. Just like, well, I never deserved this sack. This sack was given to me. I never wanted this sack. I'll return the sack. Did we ever explain where she went? She tried to steal <laughs> money and took that bag of toys she, with her. She left Santa's bag there so that they would think that she didn't have it, but she filled it with feathers, and then she took off, and Santa tried to use it to convince Joe that it was the magic bag, and Joe says, it's full of feathers, you're a crazy old man. Which is, that is where I actually felt for Santa in that moment, because, like, he knows it's feathers. He knows when he takes it out of the truck. But he still brings it in with him. And Joe throws it in his face. It's like, you're a crazy old man. This is just a bag of feathers. It's not Santa's toys. He's like, I know it's feathers. Uh, he's so distraught because his trust in Harmony was not rewarded. And it was so vital for this particular moment. And now he's just a sad old man. Yeah, I think he... That makes me feel bad about Santa in an he... earnest movie. Well, I think he he was had hope that she would return it he just was didn't know when it would happen because he even said that i know it's feathers but that's why i'm here is to convince you that the to have faith in humanity or whatever <laughs> to restore your beliefs in magic <laughs> mm -hmm. but in the in what i thought was a pretty i guess neat end to this film uh, Santa's returned to the children's hospital. It's like 6.50, and he needs to give the powers by 7 or they die. And within those 10 minutes, Harmony shows up and returns the bag of toys. Uh, Joe turns up, she's like, hey, is the job still open? And Ernest falls to the ground, almost to his death, uh, delivering the sleigh. And it's, it's a nice, succinct end where all the pieces came together just in time uh, for the magic it transferred and for Joe to fly off and deliver toys for the night. Not Joe anymore. Nuh-uh. That's true. It's Santos now. But Joe didn't do it. That's true. He doesn't drive. I don't know why he gives Ernest the chance to drive <laughs> the sleigh. Especially He has been doing a poor job. Yeah. I wanted to figure out, and I haven't done this, what the chances are if you're flying around the earth super quickly in low orbit that you happen to land like the pinpoint place that if you fall directly down you would land at the children's hospital i guarantee it's not a good chance they were already debating earlier in the movie if he could fly around the earth fast enough to deliver toys to every child in one night blah 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 as everyone says every year and <laughs> he in that time, when Ernest is flying, it puts on, like, the booster thing, and he flies around the Earth about five times before he finally stops it and crashes straight down. So, I guess he wasn't actually stopping and delivering toys each time, but this was in less than ten minutes he's flying around the entire Earth multiple times. So, it's funny that, that it's they were debating about it, and yet he's able to do it several times. Yeah, also, at a certain point where, like, they're flying from the city, uh, Ernest puts on an oxygen mask, uh, and then later in the film, they're, they're more or less in low Earth orbit. They're in space, essentially, and he's just fine. It's because he had that oxygen in him now. Apparently, the magic of the sleigh kicks in if you go to space, but not before. Uh, anywho, 
that is going to... That's all my notes on the film. Uh, so, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, a game in which we put multiple things together in the form It's This Meets This to describe this film. Uh, I'm going to start us off here telling our audience what Ernest Saves Christmas is in terms of other things. So, my first one. Since this is a film where a man from the North Pole travels to the real world, a man of simple intelligence ruins the decor of a friend's home in the name of bringing Christmas joy, and Santa's running out of magic and his sleigh breaks down, and... A movie where a Florida man who talks almost constantly and does several impressions tries to save the day in his bumbling but effective way, conning his way into restricted areas using costumes and characters. Elf. <laughs> Elf is the first one. Uh, uh, just I, I just Florida like man. that you said Florida man. <laughs> yeah, the second one is yep, just that Florida was, man. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Things that take place in Florida. Uh, it'd be uh, Magnum P.I. No, uh, this was a, a movie. It had um, that was not, was one it? sequel, I think, though. There might have been plans for, like, other things. McGoober. M- M- <laughs> nope. I don't remember what that... It's not that, it's not that candy. No, what is, what is the... McGoober, M- I think is his name. Thank you. No, it's not that. Let's see. It's another, like fast-talking impersonation guy from the 1990s. Robin Williams. Nope, not him. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Nope. Think, uh, more rubber face. Jim Carrey. It is Jim Carrey. The Cable Man. It's uh, not the Cable Man. Oh, oh, Ace Ventura. Yeah. It is Ace Ventura, where he's investigating the I Miami Dolphins. I a bunch of costumes in that. Yeah, he at one point he breaks into a mental hospital. Uh, and also, when he's investigating all their rings, he dresses up in a couple of costumes. In the Other tutu. 90s movies I haven't seen. Ace Ventura or The Cable Guy, so... <sighs> yeah, give them a miss. <laughs> They're fine. Anyway, I have that not was seen The Cable Guy either. I think it's Elf to be meets Ace Ventura. All right, Mark, what is your first one? Okay. Uh, it's a Christmas movie with a teenager who no longer believes in Santa, but accidentally gets dragged into a journey that changes their mind. Along the way, Santa is put in jail and leads the other inmates in a Christmas sing-along. Meets a wacky 80s comedy where a strange man shows up telling fantastical stories about where he came from and puts together a band of unlikely heroes who use an unusual form of travel. Ha. Huh. Is that Bedknobs and Broomsticks? 1980s? No. I don't know. I'll take a guess. Uh, is it Doctor Who? <laughs> no. Is it the Doctor Who Christmas special? There's um, several of those. I'm aware. Is it the Magic School Bus? <laughs> no. Is this Back to the Future? No. I'm naming all the weird vehicles I can think of. That's not uh, weird enough. Um, um, uh, Bill and Ted. That is correct. Dang it, the spinoff of Doctor Who. <laughs> well, there's a there's yeah, a reason I, I, they were I, in a I phone box. Mean, but okay, yeah. first one. The yeah, first one is a Christmas movie. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. No. Die Hard. No. <laughs> the Santa Claus. 
No. The Santa Claus 2, the Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the Santa Claus 3, the one with Jack Frost. Now, I don't, this may or may not be one that you have was seen. was the subtitle. Because it's been within the give last me, Give me the, the rundown on the description. The last few years. A teenager okay. who doesn't believe in Santa Claus, but gets dragged into a journey that changes their mind. Along the way, Santa is put in jail and uh, that one with the Kurt other Russell. inmates. It might be that one, but that wasn't the name of it. <laughs> that one where Kurt Russell is Santa and they're making a sequel and it had Goldie Hawn in it. They already have a sequel. Bad Santa. It's this time, called different. The Christmas Chronicles. The Christmas but it is the Chronicles? one with Kurt Russell, right? Oh, yes. I hate that name. It's so bad. <laughs> but I like Kurt Russell. Yeah, he is, he's a good man. I like him, too. Uh, all together, it was Christmas Chronicles meets Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which I think Sarah still has my DVD. Probably. Well, if someone he had come to, to one of my shows before he left the state, maybe he would have <laughs> Oh, right, right. It's, Mark res- it's Mark's responsibility to go where you are so that you can you return think- something you, you borrowed. You want to know the one time I saw him in the two <laughs> like months five before he left ago. the state? On a street corner. <laughs> and... Whose fault is that? Mark's! <laughs> it takes two to tango. We kept trying to invite him to things, and he's like, no. I, don't I mean, you. that does I mean, like I mine. was out of the state for a while because not I was... Not for all no, of them! I don't like you. I left the state a month ago. See, see, <laughs> not for all of them, because while I never paid attention to your schedule, Anna did. <laughs> all right. Uh, my final one here. Since this is a film where a man getting on in years chooses his successor for his profession, giving him a crash course in what he needs to know before retiring and finding love for the first time in decades. I think I know which one that is. Yeah, could be. Uh, Meets, a Christmas-themed sequel in a series of films known for physical humor and quippy dialogue where decorating someone home goes awry, the police show up at one point, and one character is basically a well-meaning hillbilly who does about everything the wrong way. Is the first one Men in Black? The first one is Men in Black, you are correct. <laughs> the second one is Home Alone 2. Incorrect. Oh. In particular, it's a Christmas-themed sequel, implied the first movie was not a Christmas film. Well... Christmas-themed sequel... I just heard that it was a sequel of a Christmas theme, so that could still be Home Alone 2. Was there, like, a Cars Christmas special? Uh, wait, what was the rest of that explanation? Why did you go to the Disney Pixar movie Cars? I don't know, I I just heard Christmas special sequel... Christmas sequel... With a hillbilly, and I don't know why my brain went uh, cars. Okay. Uh, Iron Man 3. No. I don't know. No, that, that is a Christmas theme sequel. I'll give them that. <laughs> so, Mark, I know specifically, I think you like this film. Uh oh. I'm pretty sure. Mm, let's see. Uh, think of. Focus on the the decorating. Christmas movie where decorating the outside of the house. It, it goes wrong. Is it National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? <laughs> it is Christmas Vacation. Cousin Eddie is the hillbilly Because character. that's only the best National Lampoon's movie ever, so... As soon as you said it was a Christmas theme... When I connected Christmas theme to the sequel to Movie Mark Likes. Uh, I went, so ah. got it. So, I, the, so I, I, you know, when you say sequel, I think, like... S- 
in, I don't know, in order. And those movies are just kind of seem to be separate movies to me, even though they're all the same family, but... Right, well, I I felt like that went along with Ernest, where Ernest yeah, has a lot true. of films that are disconnected. Anyway, in total, that was Men in Black meets Christmas Vacation. Nice. I should have known that one sooner. Probably. Because I only watch that movie, like, five times every year. Because <laughs> I'll watch it on my <laughs> own, and then my dad's like, hey, we have to watch it together. It's a family tradition, son. <laughs> uh... Uh, your dad is goofy, right? Yep, exactly like right. that. I met him once. Mm. Only once? Probably more. How have I met Mark's dad so many times? Well, Carl moved out of town, so... That's true. So he wasn't there for your dad, like, checking out my car for, like, ten minutes? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't was I so. there for that? Yes, because it was that point uh, when I was there helping your mom pick out paint colors. I don't remember this. I remember him che- checking out Kate's car one time when she was in town, but that has nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> it was when your dad wanted to paint your That's house right. this like This podcast Christmas is almost tree. over in both the series of the podcast and this episode. And our friendship. Yep. Uh, no more friends. No more friends. No more Mark's dad. No more cars. <laughs> oh, sorry about your dad, Mark. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Oh, he'll still exist. I'm never going to see him again. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> All right, Mark, and now what's people your see one? why it's the last episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, so, <laughs> because this is a movie about passing the torch from one Santa to the next with snarky elves and a sleigh driver who can't remember the names of the reindeer, a magic mm-hmm. sack allowing Santa to create any <laughs> gift he needs... And a discussion about how Santa can enter a house without a chimney meets a film where a taxi driver with a troubled history meets a mysterious character and gets dragged into a situation by accident but ends up saving the day. Um, I'm pretty sure I might know both of them. (laughs) Is this a Santa Claus meets the fifth element? Uh, you're close? Alright, is it a... A San- or it's the, the Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. <laughs> it's not just a Santa Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus means um, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, no, no, you are correct now because it is the Santa Claus, not a Santa Claus. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but so all together was the Santa Claus meets the Fifth Element. Very nice. I thought about using the Fifth Element and then. I just couldn't make it work, so congrats on sorting that one out. I mean, I just kind of made stuff up, but <laughs> it oh, was a taxi driver, congrats. so that's how oh, it worked. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our second game, which is alternate taglines or word of phrase you would see in the movie poster for the film, which encapsulates the theme, though perhaps misses the point. Uh, I'll again start us off here. <clears throat> My first one, Ernest saves Christmas, mostly by lying, but also by destroying things. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I had one that I didn't use, or that I didn't write down, that was similar to that. Yeah, I don't know. It occurred to me a lot watching the film. Is Ernest a good guy? I Well, so mine was going to be Ernest Saves Christmas, but destroys Orlando. <laughs> <So> <laughs> not quite the same, but... So what is your first one? Well, the one, the one that I actually wrote down... Which I guess we didn't even discuss earlier. Ernest saves Christmas, but Easter fends for itself. 
Wow, that is that is a, a <laughs> mid credit scene you're referencing, yep. which is why we didn't get to it before. This is the face <laughs> I'm making. Yeah, and my final one here is Ernest saves Christmas because honestly, Santa's plan was terrible. Yep, I wanted to work that in somehow, but I just didn't get there. So now I can say Santa. the same thing that you said about my pitch game. <laughs> you're both gonna be on the naughty list. Well, I already have my gift for this year, so... Ernest saves Christmas, but still gets coal in his stockings. <laughs> That's probably true. He means well. Ernest saves Christmas by fondling Santa's magic sack. To be fair, <laughs> a guy like Ernest probably has, like, a coal stove, so coal probably isn't the uh, worst thing. Well, what yeah, he, he always finds, like, the brighter side in a situation, so he'd probably see that as a benefit. Be like, I'm gonna have a barbecue. Oh, sweet, fossil fuels. Well, he what do, he doesn't have a, a chimney. What was it? He had like some. Yeah, he had a. Uh, well, he was talking about how he was a kid, right? And like figuring out how Santa visited the house. And I think he had like a forced air heating system. Yeah, it was like a radiator. It can't matter. All right, let's move on to our final game, which is the TV guide game. A description of the plot of the film you would find in a TV guide or Netflix description, which is technically accurate. Though, perhaps, misses the point. So, starting off here, the plot of Ernest Saves Christmas is... A teenage runaway skips out on a check, goes to stay with a strange man she met in a cab, and only calls home when she repeatedly fails at stealing money. Slow clap. You used one hand. I only have one hand. I don't know if that qualifies as a clap. I can't clap because my other hand is supporting me with my lean. What is the sound of one hand clapping? It's hey, this. they proved on The Simpsons that it still makes a noise. Yeah, can you That's hear true. it? <laughs> I can now, yeah. Sounds like sounds like snaps. All right, Mark, go ahead with your one. Oh, I don't like it. Well, nope. <laughs> too bad. A well-known children's entertainer gets an opportunity to star in his own film, but after constant badgering from an old man he's never met before, he gives it all up for a bag of feathers. Ah, I... Very nearly wrote one very similar to that. Bag of feathers sounds like an insult. You're a bag of feathers. <laughs> you're, a, you're a bag of feathers. Get Sarah, out of here. Sarah turns everything Bye. into an insult. <laughs> Go fall in a hole. That is true. That is what I use a lot. Uh-huh. All right. My final TV guide game. Uh, a retired children's TV host is stalked by an elderly man who has been watching him for years and is insistent on switching lives with him. <laughs> Oh, you just similar. single white female did. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You got it. All right. So that's going to close up games. Let's move on to our review scale. Uh, starting, of course, with our infamous potato scale for the final time. As always, I have not prepared this. So somebody <laughs> fill in the blanks. I have never once, for the history of this podcast, because we're ending, I will never have looked this up. Is that is that true? I swear, for no. the early episodes, I've done it you would have once at least or twice, it. probably. Uh, but I've I've had a good run. Uh, anyway, tell somebody what Ernest saves Christmas in terms of our relationship with potatoes. I'm gonna give it tater tots, which is just for kids. I feel like you have to have less brain cells to enjoy it. It was fine. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing we have watched, but it just made me feel kind of old. When you think about how old some of these movies are, it could make you feel old anyway. <laughs> Ernest is dead, and he's been dead for quite oh. a while. But his memory lives on, because he saved Christmas that one time. 
Oh, man. Uh, I wonder if I could have worked Toy Story into the pitch game somehow. Probably. <laughs> Is that your only one? Yeah, that's all I got. So, I also had Tater Tots, and mostly the same... I- you know, we have one that is that something about how it didn't age well, and I I almost used that, but at the same time, I could see kids today still enjoying it for the jokes that it has. Like, the, the story itself still could work, so I think Tater Tots makes more sense, it's just that when we were kids, it was still a good movie. <laughs> And kids today may still think it's a good movie. So I don't know that it that it's that it didn't age well. It's just that it's more of a kid's movie. I also put in mashed potatoes because they tried to work in heartwarming moments like where Harmony realizes that, you know, what she's been doing and decides to go back with her family and be happy again. And Joe and everything winds up all being correct at the end. Everybody shows up, like you said, and everything works out at the last minute. But because it's an earnest movie, I had to throw in ribbon potatoes, which we had as quirky and fun. I think that's about the closest thing we have to just the wacky humor <laughs> and I'm gonna, slapstick. I'm going to give it a non-potato, which is... it is No, the, it, you can make non out of potatoes. <laughs> that's true. It is the... Exact opposite of scallop potatoes, which is it doesn't have layers. <laughs> <laughs> I well, Wait, I layers is potato casserole. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to work in potatoes? something about. I don't know. I wanted to work in something about like holiday potatoes, but I'm not sure what the best holiday potato is. So, so I don't know. Maybe that would be scallop potatoes. I don't think we even have those on our list, do we? No, I guess it's potato Sarah casserole. Sarah just made that up for some reason. Uh, so is, we could is, make scallop, scallop potatoes, potatoes the holiday. Are scallop potatoes not a form of a potato casserole? I have no idea. Are they not layered things that are then put in the oven? Does layers. that not make it a casserole? Layers. I don't know. We've never had scallop potatoes on our scale, is my point. It's a parfait of potatoes. Except this movie is not. This movie is the opposite. <laughs> it has no layers. So it's so... just a it's just a potato. <laughs> just a potato. It's just a potato. <laughs> because potatoes don't have layers. They're well, not don't we already have raw potato on the list? We do. We do. So... Uh... Oh Lord. All I right, like that we're uh, making up new potatoes that we already have, apparently. Right. So my, I just said well, tater tot mashed ribbon potatoes somehow. It just doesn't have mm, layers. Yum yum. Uh, yeah. So I would agree with tater tots, though. I think where I land with that is that this is for me potato chips. I think this is. It's a very light movie. Not a whole lot of substance to it, but it's an earnest film. You don't expect there to be a like lot of I substance said, to it. Like I said, it doesn't have layers. Yeah, but it's I'm not... using one that's on our scale, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so it's, it's light, it's fine. Like, if this is, my review is really, if this was on in the background at a Christmas party, it'd be fine. Nobody has to really pay attention. There's enough enjoyable moments that you kind of tune in, check out. The other ones I have is that uh, Mr. Potato Head, you really shouldn't think too much about this film, because Jim Varney certainly didn't. Uh, he was just having a good time, and you can tell he's having a good time on set. I wanted to put Potato Head on mine, but I already had three. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to say this is Potato Skins. So it's there's really not enough there. 
in that, like I said, it doesn't have much substance. It has its moments, which is, as you mentioned, Harmony coming back to Santa, or Santa uh, failing at persuading Joe and kind of giving up hope. But ultimately, it's kind of disappointing. It doesn't really have that much connectivity or, like, the emotional notes kind of hit, but not really. So, altogether, that would be a Mr. Potato Head that has been turned into potato skin potato chips. Ew. So you skinned Mr. Potato Head? Yeah, and then I made potato chips out of them. <laughs> I'd eat them. Plastic I potato chips. Yum yum. I mean, if my potato... But the original Mr. Potato Head was actually potato. No, yeah, yeah. And is he, is he or is he not sentient in this universe? Oh, he's alive. I mean, I'd still eat him. <laughs> Carl wants him to be so he can skin him. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our other review scale, which is a more traditional 0 to 10 scale, telling our audience, should they go back and watch this film? I give it a 5. It's just fine, but I don't have any emotional attachment to it. It really... Going back to the layers, it doesn't. Ha it's not one of those kids' movies that has the second layer where adults can enjoy it. I don't know. It's it's just not. I don't think unless you have that emotional attachment, or if you have children, you need to distract. Don't need to go back. You know, honestly, that when you said a five, it immediately clicked me. It's like, yeah, this is the epitome of an average film. It's not good. It's not bad. It's average. There's it's pretty good there's no weird kangaroos there's no like so i think i am gonna go with five as well this can go right in the middle of my scale and it's fine mark where are you going with it he's giving Will it, it be a, a christmas miracle it's a it's a 15 today oh boy <laughs> <laughs> and the scale grew three times that day <laughs> we always have to break the scale for christmas movies so I remember thinking that this was not as good as I thought it was when I was a kid. However, it's also one of those Christmas movies that I also that I used to like. And as you noted, that the National Lampoons are very much on that same line of humor, and I enjoy all of those movies. So, even though I can watch them now and be like, "Oh, this is really dumb," I still have fun just kind of watching it just as a fun dumb movie because I'm not expecting much from it now. Would I recommend other adults to watch it if they've never seen it? Probably not. <laughs> Would I recommend that they watch it for the, that they have their kids watch it? I think that they could, and the kids would still enjoy it. And then the parents might get something out of it because of their kids. The number that I actually had in my head just from watching it was a 7, which sounded higher to me than I expected. And as I have done over the past year or two, as I went back and looked at my scale and compared again, and it was weird because there were things rated at a 7 that I thought, you know, 7 even higher than a 7 that I thought I didn't like as much as this one, and things rated lower than a 7 that I thought I liked better than this one. <laughs> so I started trying to pick a different number, and in the end I just gave up and left it as a 7. So <laughs> so now you have my reasoning for no reason at all. It's a seven. Yeah, that totally checks out. All right, and before we get on to our final segments here, I do want to share with our audience the reason I've decided to, to end this podcast. And it's come to be just a... It's a matter of time, essentially. So for prepping an episode, I think I 
put in the most time. I tend to prepare the most games. I then record it, and I've also done all of the editing and publishing required to get it so that it is in a downloadable state and it is more listenable than just the the recording in and of itself. Uh, and I'm starting coursework uh, in January for data science. I've already invested a good amount of money in that, and so I want to now invest that time. And I simply won't be able to keep up with all the work required uh, for this podcast. So I, we joke, but the reason I started this podcast was I was leaving small town Iowa, and I had two good friends there that I wanted to keep in touch with. And to me, it made the most sense to try to create something together as opposed to reminiscing about things that we had done in the past. And so to keep the relationship fresh and working on something new as opposed to just keep doing the same old, same old, because I've lost friends in the like college friends where we didn't have anything new that we're keeping up with. We just try to like relive past moments, and that doesn't work. Friendships die, in my experience. But we f- will do other things. We'll play video games, but it won't be published for people to listen to because this is a <laughs> wild idea uh, to start a podcast. Watch for our new YouTube channel until where Mark we stream decides all of to our start his, his Twitch channel. Hey, Wait for that, Mark. If you. If you do, I'll jump on there, but I am not doing any editing. You don't edit Twitch. You don't? No. Oh. What about for the the video on demand? I mean, those are yeah, edited. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. Anywho. <laughs> before we end, I'd just like to thank both Mark and Sarah here for joining don't, me on this weird journey don't make that me I decided emotional. to drag you into. How dare you? But I, I appreciate all the effort that you've put into this. And you like, made me watch some joining me. really terrible movie. I will yeah, never and be that the was, same. But oh, you know boy. what? I am so proud that I managed to do this. I was going to say, there's some really bad movies that maybe I had never even heard of before. And now I can say I've experienced it and make other did, people watch did them. Did I so. want to? No, but has it happened? Has it bonded us over weird And we can still make kangaroos? each other watch terrible movies. We just won't talk true. about it. For the public to yeah, hear. We just There's do it so to ourselves for personal reasons now. And I also want to thank people listening. Uh, we've always had a small audience, but we do have downloads that are dedicated. We get, like, the, the people who listen to us tend to lick it, listen to us regularly. And it's never been about getting a huge audience for me. It's always been about keeping uh, a close <laughs> tie with uh my friends who i don't live in the these, same area these anymore two but weirdos i do you pretend you yeah like. these two <laughs> these two freaking weirdos <laughs> who sarah has like literally never prepped anything it is always flying <laughs> off the seat of her and pants yet i am the most popular host of this show Oh. Yeah, Sarah, you're the girl. Of course you're the most popular host. It's not going to be the two white guys who started a yeah. podcast. But thank you for listening. It's been, we've been doing it for nearly five years now. Uh, and yeah, I thought this was year four. No. So I left in 2016. We started February of 2017. If we went to February of next year, that is five years. Yeah. Don't remind me of time. Mm hmm. Mark's counting. He'll get to five eventually. (laughs) Uh. I can't count that high. Alrighty. 
But that is going to close this episode of Retrograding. Sarah, do you want to do uh, the where the you thing? can find no, us no. online? I'm not telling them where to find us anymore, but I will still thank Dominique Barnes. Oh, Who that's Carl's job. to be great. No, no, I say the first part, and he says the second part. Correct. Who, uh, uh, she now lives in Chicago, uh, and it, I'm still good friends with her brother, so I run into her a lot more now. Uh, and she has not done any music producing I think since working on this podcast, so, for sing, us. we we have single handed, triple handedly killed her yep. music <laughs> editing career. That's right. So, it was all we, our fault. We have ruined everyone's lives with this podcast, <laughs> including our own. So I will close off this podcast with, guys, I learned something today. A thing that Santa says that. Uh, instead of going for a bad joke, I'm just going to go for an honest moment that Santa has that we can all actually learn from and take into our lives. Uh, but Santa says to Ernest at one point, trust people, it pays off more often than you think. So, that is going to close this final episode of Retrograding. We will not catch you next time. This is it. Goodbye. <laughs>